Dan Dickow here for the WCC Weekly on the Gonzaga Nation Media Network. Well, what an ending to the regular season in the WCC. We've got the final bracketing, the final pairings for the WCC tournament that kicks off at the end of this week in Las Vegas at the Orleans Casino and Resort just off the Strip. Uh, it's the 11th year that the tournament's been held there. I think it's been a really good uh, change in venue from going from a campus arena um, that was set. Many times it was set at Santa Clara, many times at LMU, many times uh, at USD. And then they changed it in the WCC for a while to the top seed would host the conference tournament. The only problem with that is for fans to travel to on last minute um Travel itineraries made it very difficult, very expensive. So when they went a little over 10 years ago to just the complete neutral site in Las Vegas, I think it was a big time move by the WCC, spurred a lot of interest. Many Zag fans uh, that don't live in Spokane, that don't live uh, in a city where there is a WCC team and get a chance to see the Zags every year, uh, make it a point to get to vegas for the conference tournament um so the the crowds are always great the other cool thing about it is the fact that vegas uh, like it or love it spending time in vegas is literally the basketball capital of the world for about 10 days you got the wcc tournament that's first then the other conference tournaments that you will have down there is the mountain west the pac-12 the WAC. um and I believe the Big West. So just an unbelievable week of basketball um, going on in, at all different arenas. Uh, Thomas and Mack, Orleans, MGM Grand, uh, actually, sorry, T-Mobile. And then down south the, in Henderson is where the Big West is held. But um, big time week coming up. Very fun week. Um, I'm going to break down a little bit of the bracket, especially the early rounds before we get into where Gonzaga uh, gets that triple buy uh, alongside St. Mary's because they shared the conference tournament title and they're the one and two seeds. Um, they get a triple buy all the way till next week, next Monday. So we'll talk about the games leading up. I'll give you my predictions, my thoughts on who's going to win. Um, but first, you know, that Gonzaga St. Mary's game on Saturday was unbelievable. Gonzaga came out with a ton of energy a ton of focus, uh, a great attention to detail, in particular on the defensive end of the floor. Uh, that one, two, two, three quarter court press was probably employed for, I would guess, about 35 minutes of the game. And I thought it was a great uh, coaching decision by Coach Few and staff. Because really, what that did, does and did is St. Mary's wants to play slow, anyways. Um, but when you let them just walk it up and play slow, um, on their own, they're going to get into to multiple actions where you have to be alert and you have to defend pick and rolls, down screens, split screens, uh, post-ups, wide pin downs. You've got to guard all these actions. And so, you know, over the course of a, a normal possession, if you're not the aggressor on that possession, you might guard three ball reversals. You might guard eight to nine screens. Well, you, Physically, as a defense defender, you're taking a pounding that whole possession. You're you're getting hit by screens. You're getting nicked. You're having to make decisions, uh, and that wears on you. And that is difficult. 
by going to the one, two, two, uh, three quarter zone press, you're putting essentially putting a stop sign uh, or at least a yellow blinking light um, at St. Mary's. And so they don't have the full shot clock to work with to put you your defense into actions that have to guard. You might only have to guard for 10 or 11 seconds. You might have to guard to one action. If you guard it well, then all of a sudden you just know you're having to guard a pick and roll. So you go from having to guard probably five or six actions to probably two at the most um, because St. Mary's was even methodical and slow attacking uh, Gonzaga's press. Uh, And a lot of that's by design with how they play. But what Gonzaga's press did in particular in the first half uh, where they forced eight turnovers is they, they, they were the aggressors. They had St. Mary's on their heels. They, they got up, they, they put um, the emphasis on, that the game was going to be played on Gonzaga's terms. And it was for the most part of the game. Uh, Gonzaga got up 19 early in that second half uh, before Aiden Mahaney had a, had an eight point stretch, um, a little mini run of his own. Uh, and, and I think they cut it to about five or six down the stretch. Um, but really in the end, it was two Gonzaga was unbelievably disciplined that day. They got great performances by Malachi Smith off the bench Drew Timmy was really good again. Um, I thought Rajir Bolton um, didn't shoot it well, but I thought defensively he was good. I thought Nolan Hickman was solid. Um, Anton Watson had another terrific game. Uh, but for for St. Mary's, Logan Johnson, just unbelievable. Uh, another upper 20s point game. I think he finished with 27. So over his last six games now, uh, you know, he's gone for over 20, or excuse me, over 30 twice. He's gone in the upper 20s three times. And then the one game sandwich in there that wasn't very good, uh, he had a three-point out, out output. So um, because Gonzaga won, it's a share of the WCC title. That makes it 11 years in a row for Gonzaga. That's absolutely incredible. They also set a record of 16 consecutive years uh, with 25 wins or more. NCAA record. That's pretty cool. Uh, if you're a Gonzaga fan or or affiliated with the program, it shows you just the the continued uh, level of excellence and success that they have had. Um, but a lot of people were asking, um, so if Gonzaga won the title, who's the one seed if it's a tie? Because it, it is a tie. Well, how they determine the tie is they went back and looked head-to-head meetings. Well, they split the head-to-head meetings, okay? So each team also had one other loss in league. Gonzaga's loss was to LMU. St. Mary's loss was to LMU. So they go to the next tiebreaker. And the next tiebreaker was who was the higher ranked team in the net after that game was played and the, the net rankings were updated. Um, and so that being said, they, the the later that day, that rankings were updated. St. Mary's was still above Gonzaga. So St. Mary's is the one seed at the WCC conference tournament, Gonzaga is the two seed. I don't think it matters much. The only thing that matters is uh, that semifinal game you're going to play later in the night. So you will have about two hours less recovery time if you win to get ready for uh, the title game the next day. But I don't think that's a big deal. Um, let's look at the the conference tournament now and the matchups and what I see that will be, uh, that will, will occur down in Las Vegas. So in the 8-9 game, you've got, the Portland Pilots against USD, the Toreros. Um, you know, Portland started off the season with a lot of uh, 
expectations after how they were last year under Shante Leggins in year one. Those expectations got juiced after they played really well in the PK 85. Um, they battled a ton of injuries this year, but they're a dangerous team because they're, they've got a lot of size. They've got a lot of versatility, a lot of parts that can be interchangeable. Moses Woods, really good player. Christian Scholin is a really good player. Uh, Mike Meadows at the guard is a really good player. Um, and I don't think they ever fully hit their stride this year. Uh, USD on the other hand, um, you know, they're one of the most experienced teams in all of college basketball under head coach Steve Lavin in his first year, but that experience didn't translate to wins with 12 new players. I think Steve Lavin was probably thinking we get some experience. We can compete in the league, uh, maybe challenge for a, a middle of the pack finish. If things go well, well, they battled injuries like crazy, probably even more so than than Portland and maybe more so than any team in the league. 14 different starting lineups throughout the course of the year. Uh, Marcellus Erlington, um, good score, but he's been banged up. Jace Townsend, good score, but he's been banged up. They Jaden Delaire has been uh, injured multiple times this year. He's now out for the year. Uh, so what I look for in this game, uh, I, I think Portland's going to win. I think Portland then will advance on to play the five seed BYU um, after they win that first opening round game. So uh, look for Portland to advance there. At least I do. The second opening round game would be the Pacific Tigers as the seven seed taking on uh 10 seed Pepperdine. Um, you know, there was a couple of weeks back, there was a time where Pacific was fighting for the fourth place in the league. Um, you know, they had a couple really nice wins. They had a couple really nice performances. They played Gonzaga pretty tough down in, in Stockton. Um, you know, they're play, they play a unique style right now where they don't have a ton of size. So they play at times five guards or maybe not five guards, but they'll play five guys who can uh, space it, shoot it from the three-point line, have some versatility to their game, attack you off the dribble. Um, Jaden Ivan Curry's had a good good year uh scoring in in double figures uh quite consistently uh they've got some tremendous three-point shooters uh they had a game earlier this year i think they hit 19 threes so um they they really focus in on spacing you out attacking you getting you in rotations and then being ready to knock it down from three uh but they'll play a pepperdine team who really didn't meet expectations at all the the talent level that pepperdine has they should not have been in 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 the 10th place um but the crazy thing is is you get to the postseason slates wiped clean and you've got a chance to start afresh um that being said i don't see pepperdine winning this game as much talent as they have with maxwell lewis javon porter uh, whenever i've watched them they just they haven't played with a sense of purpose uh at least uh the players haven't and so i'm gonna pick pacific uh knocking off Pepperdine in that first opening round game and moving on to play the Dons of USF uh, in that second round. Moving now to that game where you look at Portland versus BYU. Um, that's an interesting one because BYU could have fallen all the way down to the seven seed had they not had a good finish uh, to the regular season by winning on Saturday. So they're at the five seed. They'll play against, I think they'll play against Portland. Uh, in that matchup, I'm going to take BYU. Um, I think Mark Pope is a good coach. I think 
they've been been uh kind of been hit a little bit by that um over expectations because when you look at the total totality of their roster i don't think there's as much talent on that byu team this year as there has been in years past there's no yoli childs uh jake toolson there's no um you know haas brothers uh out there and so um you know they've they've struggled at times this year to score they've struggled at times to defend um but you know, I think they're a program that plays with a lot of pride. I think Mark Pope will have them ready. And I would expect, and this is my expectation, I would expect BYU to knock off Portland uh, after I think Portland knocks off USD. Moving forward to the bottom half of the bracket, the Dons of USF, I think, will take on Pacific. Uh, my money would be on USF in that game. Uh, I think you in, in postseason play in the NCAA tournament, in conference tournaments, you got to have guard, great guard play. And if you have great guard play, you got a chance to advance. And I look at San Francisco, although their guard play can be inconsistent at times, if if either one of their two guards get it going, they could really get it going. And, and that would be Tyrell Roberts and Khalil Shabazz. So I'm going to take USF uh, over Pacific in that game. Moving back up to the top of the bracket, the four seed LMU uh, I have taking on BYU after I think BYU will knock off Portland, who I thought would knock off USD. And that brings up a, a, an interesting game because, um, you know, when BYU came into this league, there was thought that they were going to be the heavy hitters. They were going to be the ones that were winning league titles. Uh, lo and behold, they never won a league title um, all these years in the league. Um, and last year in the league, before they moved to the Big 12, a disappointing fifth place finish. And a lot of it is because upstart LMU came in and really handled business against the top teams in the league. LMU, the only team since BYU came in to beat Gonzaga and St. Mary's in the same season. Now they also LMU had some disappointing losses and some inconsistencies that I had talked with Stan Johnson on a couple different occasions. But when you've got a player like Cam Shelton, who, has given everybody in the league fits. You've got a chance to win games in the postseason, just like I talked about with the backcourt of USF with Roberts and Shabazz. But Camp Shelton is in even more, he's even more of that type of guy. He's had 40 points at least once. I think he's had four 30-point games. Uh, he's He's been on a tear the second half of conference play. Uh, he's been playing really well. So in the matchup of BYU-LMU, I think LMU is going to win that one uh, on a neutral site floor. And I think they will take on St. Mary's in the top half of the bracket in the semifinals for next week, which we'll talk about uh, on next week's WCC weekly on the bottom half of the bracket, Santa Clara is the three seed. I think they're an unbelievably overlooked team. Um, you know, they had a stretch in the middle of the season where they struggled, but they finished um, winning six or seven straight in the WCC to lock up that three seed. Uh, they've got some really good talent. Brandon, Brandon Pajimski, um, he could be newcomer of the year. Now the WCC is interesting because the newcomer of the year can be a transfer or it can be a freshman. Um, if you if you, if you you go straight freshman, it's Aiden Mahaney. If you go newcomer of the year, Pajimski's got to get uh, some consideration. He's averages 20 points a game. He averages close to double figure rebounds. Um, he's had some monster games where he's really performed at a high level 
Um, and he's done that throughout the year. He's a wing that's got great size and just knows how to play and competes. Other guys, Keyshawn Justice, fifth-year senior. Carlos Stewart, a really good sophomore guard. Then uh, they got good size, and Betty Ako and Braun on the interior. Um, so in that matchup with USF and Santa Clara, um, I, I think it's going to be Santa Clara winning that one um, because I think Brandon Pajemski just won't allow them to lose. Uh, he wants another crack at Gonzaga. Um, and I think Herb Sendek, you know, I don't think they're going to end up being able to get all the way to the title game, win it, get to the NCAA tournament. Um, they'll be, they should be in the NIT, but Herb Sendek deserves a lot of credit for what he is doing uh, with Santa Clara over these last seven years now. There you have it. WCC weekly. Um, the league kicks off in Orleans at the, in Las Vegas, the Orleans casino and resort uh, with the WCC conference tournament later this week, uh, later this week, the league will announce their player of the year, their newcomer of the year, their coach of the year, and their all league teams. Uh, Adam Morris and I went through ours uh, last week on last week's episode, uh, but it's going to be interesting to see. Does the league name Timmy player of the year by chance? Is it Cam Shelton? Maybe Brandon Pajemski with a third place finish at Santa Clara. Might it be uh, Aiden Mahaney, the freshman? from St. Mary's, or could it be Logan Johnson who finished the last six, seven games uh, as well as you would hope to finish out your senior year? There's, so there's a lot of interesting questions as far as awards go in the NCAA, or excuse me, in the WCC this year. So for the WCC Weekly and Gonzaga Nation Media Network, I'm Dan Dickow. Thanks for listening. Catch you next week.